Welcome to episode two of the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I am your host, Chris Shepard, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Emmy Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? How's How are you doing today? I'm good. You want to know what I found out, though? What did you find out? So my <laughs> my brother, we did this ancestry thing, right? You know, we, okay. we jumped on that. Um, and he did the DNA thing, and he found that we are related to, I'm assuming, a pirate. He looks like a pirate. <laughs> Do you want to see? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how accurate this is, but it okay. came up with our profile. So I'm assuming it has to be right, right? Yeah, of course. Are you ready? This is based on the DNA? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's definitely <laughs> a pirate. I wish I could see this, but it, yeah. it's really intense. I feel like he wasn't a very nice guy, um, which makes me a little sad. He has four guns strapped <laughs> to his chest, like those old, like, black powder he was revolvers. A captain, he, so yeah. And he only deal. has one leg. I don't know how many legs he has. Leadership actually, runs but. in the family. What can I say? <laughs> oh, he was a pirate captain and now Emmy <laughs> is a podcast co-host. I'm not that natural progression uh, from pirate captain to podcast. He looks way more intimidating co-host. than I do though. <laughs> That's amazing. You I I could see you being intimidating. Well, no, not really. No, no you're not very intimidating. <laughs> no. That's I good though. It's like it's it. endearing and Maybe if you put on an eye patch and strapped four guns to your chest, you might be a little more intimidating. That would never happen. That was a visual, but that'll never happen. <laughs> now everybody's thinking about Emmy with an eye patch. <laughs> saying, Arr. Maybe next uh, Halloween we'll, we'll see what costume comes out. I love this so much. Oh, man, you have to do that for Halloween. I don't, you, I don't know. See, your ancestors were pirates. We always do a family. Even better. <laughs> Even better. Oh, okay, well, I'll have to see what they say about that yeah i don't know if it'll win that truly would be a story worth sharing <laughs> thank you for sharing some of your history and letting us know that you yeah you're welcome yeah, you're a descendant of an official pirate now that makes me want to go and it's actually do the dna test and find out if i'm like actually a descendant of christopher columbus which is what everyone told me my whole life growing well, up yeah because my name was christopher that so. would be would you be disappointed if I was or wasn't. If you either, which one do you oh, not want? I don't. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. Like we discovered America. That'd be that'd be pretty, okay, be pretty we, awesome. We, we yeah. did that. My family. I, I total disclaimer. I have no idea if mm. I am in any way, probably not related to Christopher Columbus. But yeah, but he sailed the it ocean blue happen. in fourteen hundred ninety-two. That's right. Yeah, you know your facts. I learned, I learned something in school. Success. That's all that matters. Well, we're excited today for another episode of Story Worth Sharing podcast. And really, our goal of this podcast is to help you, the listener, understand that no matter what your journey has been, no matter what you have walked through, highs, lows, good, bad, you have a story worth sharing. And, and Emmy, it's when we choose to actually share and open up about our story that some really cool things begin to happen and life change starts happening. And, mm-hmm. and we find that there are people around us that genuinely care about us and that want to walk with us. And uh, community is a really, really beautiful thing. That's right. And I think there just is so much freedom and knowledge and being able to share your story and, and get it from other people. I know it's helped me a lot in my life. And so the fact that we get to do this and learn and have really cool guests on our show to just hear from them and their life and experiences is going to be really awesome. But today I get to interview you, Chris Shepard, about like, your life. Yeah, I like how you you intro that <laughs> saying really cool guests on the show. And then you're like, but, but today I get to interview you. You're better than cool, Chris. Oh, okay. You're way, I don't know what's better than cool. Though. I hope my Give kids always think that, that I'm better you're than better cool. You're better than cool? Yeah. Daddy, you're better <laughs> than cool. Start putting that in their mind now, yes. and then hopefully it'll yes. carry over. True story. Last night, putting Landry. So I have two daughters. Campbell is two, Landry's four. 
And I'm putting Landry to bed last night and we're laying there and we just read a story. And when she was a little younger, it, we used to have this like bedtime routine and we would high five and fist bump and noggin <laughs> so and like all this cute. stuff. It was like five or six yeah. things in a row. And then I would say, I love you. And she would say, I love you more. And then I would say, I love you most distant more. And then we, she would be like, no, I love you most distant more. So last night we're laying there and we're kind of going, we didn't go through the whole routine or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I love you. And she didn't say anything. And she like just looks at me and I'm like, hey, hey, Boogie, I love you. And she just looks at me. I'm like, I love you most distant more. Literally nothing. Like Stone Cold doesn't say a single thing. And she's just like looking at me and I'm like, baby, why, why aren't you saying anything? And she goes, I don't love you, daddy. And I was like, Oh, oh no, it's already man. started. Dagger in my heart. Oh. She she did come off of that like ice queen oh. stance and, and did tell me that she loved okay. me. And I, I know she loves me, but yeah, there was <laughs> this was moment hard. where I was like, wow, that's like Never savage. That Have you been hanging you. out with Emmy? Like that was savage. <laughs> Those words would never come out of my mouth. That's true. That's true. So yeah, anyway, uh, there, there was a little fun story about my life. Uh, uh, so we're done, right? That was the interview? That was it. Okay. You're welcome, everyone. Now you know Chris a little bit more. There you go. No, but I've known you for probably about six years now. And wow. you're one of my favorite. I know, that's crazy. I was trying to do the math the other day. But yeah, 2014 is when I met you. One of my favorite people to talk to. You're just... I appreciate that. Amy. Yeah, it's just so easy to talk I to you about life. I didn't pay her to life. say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually paying her to do any of this. So. Yeah, I actually don't know why I'm here. I'm yeah. going to go. No. <laughs> But yeah, one of my favorite people to talk to, you just, it's easy to talk to you. Like one of the first people I go to, if I know I have something on my chest to talk about, you're just, it's really easy. And I know you're going to give me an honest answer. So I'm really excited to get to talk to you about your life and what brought you here. Cause you're doing a lot of awesome things in leading a generation, which is really awesome. First, well, I was going to start the thing with, <laughs> where'd you come from, Chris? But I feel like that's not a very good question. And you don't know what answer I would give. Yeah, I know. It's very broad, kind of scary. It's dangerous. Um, but let's just start with a couple of key moments in your life that you would say were or they could be like events that were kind of like turning points for you um that ultimately have kind of led you here that you would say defined maybe your life i would say there are three i mean there obviously have been a lot of moments and different things and different seasons that have shaped things but when i think about key moments that have kind of gotten me to where i am today and the person that i am today there's there's really three things so i was homeschooled k-12 never went to day a day of public school in my life and so when i graduated from high school i went to a junior college. And after three semesters, I had a big fat 0.57 GPA. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, I can laugh about it now. Yeah, it's Honestly, good. it's okay now. <laughs> I, I probably laughed about it then, but I don't think my parents were laughing. And I know that the junior college wasn't laughing and they encouraged me to pursue other things. So and you told your parents willingly or did they kind of, they could find out on their own? They may just now be hearing it for the first time. Oh, well, yeah, thanks, welcome. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Amy. Mom and dad, I had a 0.57 GPA. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know that I was like wearing that as a badge yeah, of honor at no, the time, I, but yeah. failing out of, I mean, essentially failing out of junior college, it's kind of hard. Like I said, I, I laugh now. I look back <laughs> and I'm thankful, but I, like that was a, a big moment for me because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Didn't necessarily have a whole lot of purpose. I, I, I have always been comfortable being a leader. I've always been comfortable having responsibility or, or taking charge in a situation. But up to that point, I had no specific direction on 
where I wanted to use mm -hmm. that or pursue that. And so it was in this season, I took four and a half years off of school and it was in this season in that four and a half years that I began to discover who I was. Yeah. Um, and I started working at a church. Uh, I interned for a youth ministry with middle schoolers and high schoolers. I tried to avoid the middle schoolers um, and just hang out with the high schoolers. <laughs> I still try to avoid middle schoolers. Uh, eventually my kids will be in middle school and then I'll yeah. No quit avoiding middle mm -hmm. schoolers. But right now I have a choice. And so I still try to avoid middle schoolers. <laughs> but um, but I, while I was working with this youth ministry, the youth pastor, student pastor, his name was Justin Hayes. He was such a huge part of me beginning to recognize that I, if I made some of the right choices and pointed myself in the right direction, that I could actually do something that mattered. Yeah. I, I think up to that point, I don't know that I believed that about myself. Yeah. And so even though other people would put me in charge or would give me responsibility, like, I don't know that I actually believed I could do something with that right. and do something that mattered that would make a difference that God would choose me yeah. and that he would choose to use me in any kind of capacity. And so, so that was a moment. And, and I went, like I said, I took four and a half years off. And when I went back to school, I was just a different person. Mm -hmm. And obviously I had matured over four and a half years and I took school a lot more seriously. And now I was a 24 year old sitting in a classroom with a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds. And yeah. so, so life definitely looked different, but, um, something else that happened around the same time of me dropping out of school, um, my grandmother passed away and it was my dad's mom and all growing up, she was like the rock of the family. She, she loved Jesus fiercely mm -hmm. and let everyone know that by how she lived. So she wasn't the type of person that was going to hit you over the head with a Bible mm -hmm. or like <laughs> sit you down and say, hey, this is this is this verse or, or this is what I was reading today. But she was the type of person that everything she did and every person she came in contact with, she exuded love. Like that, that was her identity was love mm -hmm. and, and acceptance and empathy. And so growing up, I would go and spend the summers at my grandparents' house and or at least a couple of weeks out of the summer at my grandparents' house and, and began to develop a relationship with her that was really special. And and at the at my core of my development and, and my identity and honestly my faith was a large part because of Grand, my grandmother. And so when I was twenty two, she passed away and it it rocked me. Mm -hmm. I believed that God could heal her. She had cancer. And, and I spent this season of about six months, like trying to find the balance of like, okay, do I actually believe that about God? Like, I know I read that and, and there's all of these stories mm -hmm. of Peter, like walking down the street in his shadow, falling on people and they're healed. And obviously we have all these stories of Jesus yeah. raising people from the dead and healing people and all this crazy stuff. And so it's like, okay, I know that that stuff I believe that that stuff was true, certainly, because I believe that the Bible is the word of God, but do I actually believe that in my life? Mm -hmm. And so kind of went through that journey a little bit and, and praying for my grandmother and praying that God would heal her or at least reveal himself in some capacity, and then she passed away. And I remember for the next probably two years, I didn't want to have a lot to do with God yeah. um, because I felt like he had let me down. I felt like he hadn't responded or acted in the way that I thought he should. And so that was, that was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that season and with my failure with junior college and, and then Justin starting to speak into me and me starting to pick my head up and realize, okay, maybe 
there is hope for something to come, yeah. for, for good to come out of this. That was such a pivotal moment in my relationship with God for me to begin to recognize that things aren't going to always happen the way that I want them to happen. Yeah. I'm not always going to have an understanding of why things mm-hmm. unfold the way they do, but it doesn't change who God is. Yeah. And I think that was the first time, honestly, really in my life that I recognized like God is God and that doesn't change and that doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't always intersect in my story the way that I would write the story, but I can't see everything that's going on. I can't see all the moving pieces. I can't Mm -hmm. see every little detail. And no matter what I'm experiencing, it doesn't change who God is. Yeah. And so that was, that was huge. And and then I eventually somehow miraculously raised my GPA (laughs) enough that I applied here at A&M and got accepted. It was a complete miracle. I, Took three semesters back in junior college, took 60 hours, Mm -hmm. and I got all A's except one class. I got a B. It was biology two. And if I could remember the professor's name, I would give him a shout out because I probably should have got a D (laughs) in that class, but he really liked me, and so he gave me a B. Yeah. And anyway, so I raised my GPA to a 2.49 and was able to transfer down to A&M. And I got here and loved it and almost immediately connected with a group of people that believed in me. And I began to see some of what Justin had meant in my life. And in that season, I began to see some of that here as well. And so failing out of junior college was huge. And my grandmother dying was huge. And then getting here to A&M and beginning to find new life and find community was huge. And then that played out over the next several years. But yeah, what I really admire about you is you just like admitted basically that there was a point where you didn't like we're done with God and you weren't really sure about that anymore. And I think just as Christians and followers of God, like I know for me, like there would probably be a sense of like a little bit of guilt and shame in that. How did you, I don't know, forgive yourself in that and being able to move on? Cause I feel like that's something hard to kind of admit. Like I basically lost a little faith in yeah. God and it's hard. I feel like just to be vulnerable about that. Yeah. I think, man, that's a, that's a really great question asking how I forgave myself. I don't know that I ever looked at it with guilt yeah. specifically because when I look back on that season, I'm so grateful, honestly, because prior to that, even though I had been in church and I was even working for a church, honestly, Mm -hmm. I was working for a church through half of that season of not being sure what I believed about God and and where I was at. But I, all the way up to that moment had really just been going through the motions. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my dad was a pastor when I was younger. My grandmother had strong faith. My faith was predicated on their faith and what they believed about God and and what they taught me. And that was wonderful and beautiful. I'm so grateful for that upbringing and being exposed to that. But it wasn't mine. It wasn't personal. And so when I look back on that season, rather, I don't look back on that season with shame or guilt of, man, I can't believe that I didn't believe in God. I look back on that season with gratitude that even walking through that season, Mm -hmm. like God remained good and faithful and revealed himself to me where I began to develop a personal faith and a personal relationship with him. And so I feel like when I came out of that season and as I transitioned down to A&M, that was kind of the first time that I was out on my own. And I had lived with some friends uh, for a couple of years in Tyler where I grew up, but as I came here to A&M to College Station, that was the first time where I moved away from home. And I had to kind of figure out on my own, like, where am I going to, am I going to go to church? Where am Mm -hmm. I going to go to church? Who are going to be my friends? What are, what are going to be the things that take up my time? What am I going to value? And so it was coming out of that season that I was so thankful and grateful for what God had birthed in me in that season. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I honestly would not change it for anything because I feel like I now can 
confidently say that no matter what I'm walking through, I know that God is who he says that he is because I've experienced that for myself. There have been lots of things since that moment that I can't explain and don't necessarily understand, Mm -hmm. but I have a greater peace in knowing that God is who he says he is no matter what my circumstances are. That's incredible. And it takes a lot of boldness and courage to really be able to, one, you're talking about like what it's like to go and seek the church, seek what you want, seek what you know is right. And so that's really inspiring to hear because I know that there are a lot of college students or even incoming freshmen that that's a struggle of, all right, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I find? And so that's really awesome. And and so you talked about Justin, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And your grandmother that did a lot in your life Absolutely. early on. Who else would you say, and even if you want to talk about them a little more, helped you in your walk with God, helped you bring you where you are today, were present in those moments and just kind of share a little bit about the important people in your life. Yeah. So I think that when I look back and think about people that have helped me become who I am and evolve into the person I am, it really is kind of cool. I was thinking about this last night. It's people that saw something in me I didn't see in myself. Those are the people that I'm most grateful Mm -hmm. for. I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be where I am without my community of of people now who see things in me that I see in myself. And and certainly they see things I don't. In shaping me, it was the people who they saw something in me that I had no idea existed. And so Justin was one of those people. He brought me on as a youth intern through a crazy series of events and saw something in me and, and really spoke that into me. Uh, My college pastor, when I was in in junior college, Ellen Weingert, she was an amazing woman of God who, again, saw something in me. And she, man, she, I transitioned over and became the college intern kind of as I was coming out of this season of not sure what I believe. I was coming out of the season and transferred over to be her college intern for a year. And it was in that season where I got handed a microphone for the first time. (laughs) And she put me up on stage and was like, hey, I want you to, to preach and or speak or teach or whatever. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had no, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so glad they did not record those because I had <laughs> no, you don't have those somewhere? no, I had no idea what I was doing, but it's crazy to think about that. She, she believed in me and she saw something mm-hmm. that I, that was the furthest thing right. off of my radar. Like I had no desire or anticipation that that is what was coming. Little did I know, right? Yeah, right. But she saw that in me and, and she helped develop that into me. And then when I got here to A&M, another person that saw something in me that I honestly would not be sitting here today without this person is a guy named Brian Linder. And he was the uh, small groups pastor at Brazos Fellowship, which is a church where both of us work. I'm the college pastor and you now work for small group, the small group ministry. And Brian Linder was in charge of the small group ministry at the time. And my wife, Alicia, and I had been here at Brazos Fellowship and had been involved. And we had had such a beautiful small group community experience. When I was in junior college, Alicia was in nursing school and we met each other at that time. And we were a part of this just beautiful community that met in someone's home and it was just rich and life-giving. And so when we were here at Brazos Fellowship, we wanted to begin to be able to provide that opportunity for other people. Mm-hmm. And so I had met Brian a few times, but I didn't know him that well. And so I scheduled a meeting with him and, and went in to talk to him and ask him like what that process looked like. Would we be able to help in any way create that type of environment for college students? And I just remember the conversation I had with him. He handled it so well. And it was another one of those moments where I wasn't even sure what I was asking him when mm-hmm. I came in and he saw something in me 
and immediately was like, hey, this is this is what needs to happen. And we have this group that I would love for you to step up and, and become the leader of. And that small group is what eventually turned into 242, our college ministry here at Brazos Fellowship. And, and I'm so thankful for Brian because yes, I know I set up that meeting and I went and talked to him, but had he not had faith in, yeah. in me and what God was doing in my heart, um, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting yeah. here today and, and everything that has come since then, like I just can trace it all the way back to that conversation I had with Brian and, and just I'm really thankful yeah. for that. So, Well, I'm thankful for Brian yeah, and really. <laughs> for you initiating that meeting because, I mean, without it, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so, yeah, I mean, it's that's worked in my life and I know a lot of other students. So that's huge relationship that, man, so impactful. But you being the college pastor now at 242 here at Brazos Fellowship, and I've obviously had the privilege of being in that and helping lead in that. And so there's been a lot of just learning that's come in that, but what are some things that you have learned along the way from the, even before then, or when you began that first small group in your living room, what are some things you've learned um, that have brought you even to where you are today or just in this process of leading? We can't do life alone. <laughs> like we cannot do life Amen. alone. And I think it's so easy, especially my personality. Like I'm a task over people person and I tend to elevate what needs to be done more than I elevate the people I'm doing it with and and so it makes it even harder for me to find community right. it makes it even harder for me to open up and to let people in and and to share my story or to help carry the load I have seen so many times that when I'm prideful and arrogant and I am overconfident and I try to hold those things to myself like that's when all of a sudden I find the valleys and I yeah. find like the low spots of my walk in my journey and so over the last several years I have just learned like I cannot do this on my own mm -hmm. like I can't do it on my own I need people around me. So that's been huge. And, and finding out what that looks like, it's um, not always easy. Mm -hmm. And I would say even like being on staff at a church or being a college pastor, I created into something maybe that's more difficult than it needs to be. But yeah. like I feel this pressure <laughs> yeah. of how people perceive me or I'm representing the church or I'm representing God or, or whatever. And, and it's like that's crazy, but that's still part of me. And right. that's part of my struggle of, of letting people in. And so it, it's not always easy to have mm -hmm. community and have that inner circle, but it's absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I think something else that I have learned to value so much is that I constantly need to be looking for opportunities to grow. Mm -hmm. How can I learn? And I think there have been several seasons in my life as a leader where I have gotten comfortable and yeah. I felt like I've got this figured out. Like I know what's going on and, and we've got a good rhythm and yeah. um, I'm in a good place. And when I become lazy or when I become stagnant, I let my guard down mm -hmm. and all of a sudden pride starts welling up, laziness starts welling up and things that are ugly and that I don't want to be a part of like my attitude or, or where I am or who I am. But when I'm not constantly pushing to grow and learn and be a better mm -hmm. version of who I am and, and really seeking out God, what are things that I need to work on and what are things I need to change and areas where I need to grow? When I'm not doing that, yeah. I don't like the version of myself I see mm -hmm. in the mirror. And so uh, I think uh, JFK, President JFK said, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. Yeah. And I think that that is, That's you good. can't say it better yeah. than that. You can't do one without the other mm -hmm. because leading means that you are 
helping to influence and shape yeah. people in the direction that they're headed. And you cannot continue to lead someone somewhere you have not been. So if you're not constantly learning, yeah. then you're not going to be able to lead very far. And so, yeah, community is huge, making sure that I am growing. Um, and then the last one, well, not the last one, but um, <laughs> another one that I think has been huge, and this has really been over the last year, um, yeah, I know I'm a pastor, so this is cliche. So I'm going to like <laughs> read some Bible verses. Here we go. But Romans, I don't know why you said that. When you say it like that, oh, I'm I like, love okay, scripture. great, let's go. No, um, no, but something I've learned over the last year is how I perceive things, how I address things, how I see things. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. Check this out by changing the way you think. Mm. And so I've, I've read that verse so many times right. and I've thought, man, God, I want that. I, I don't want to copy the patterns and the behaviors of the things that I see around me that lead to destruction. I don't want to copy those things. And so God transformed me into a new person. Mm -hmm. And I put the period after God will transform you into a new person. And I don't look at, no, it actually says by changing the way you think. Yeah. And so then I started asking the question, well, what does that look like if, for me to change the way that I think? But yeah. if that's what Paul is pointing to and saying, hey, God's going to transform you by changing the way you think. Okay, then what do I need to think about? What does that need to look like? And so then Philippians 4, 8 says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then once again, this is Paul writing. He's writing to the Church of Philippi, and he's saying, hey, you want to know what to think about? This is what you need to think about. You mm -hmm. need to think about what's true. Like, not what are the lies, not what are other people saying, but what is true? What does God say? What does God say about you? What does, what does God say about what's going on in your situation, right. about who he is? So what's true? What's honorable? What's admirable? Like, what's excellent and worthy of praise? And so over the last year specifically, as I've really began to dig in and say, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to think about what's true. I've begun to see my core change, mm -hmm. my life change, and, and God transforming who I am and how I interact with the people around me because I focused on what I'm putting in and what I'm thinking yeah. about. And that has begun to change the output and how I am around other people and that I see people first before I see a task and that I, I see they're like, I, I truly am able, I don't get this right most of the time, <laughs> yeah. mean, but that I, I've begun to feel empathy. Yeah. I, I used to really, really struggle with empathy. I'd be like, man, that sucks. Like, yeah. but I, I've begun to really be able to experience empathy and walk with people because I'm being transformed right. from the inside out. So, yeah, that's really awesome. I think, so you were talking about a little bit ago about, you know, being comfortable and I know living the college student life, but I think for like young adults and stuff like that's something, you know, we're always told to like grow our faith and, you know, go for it, be bigger. Like you want to be uncomfortable to love God and to share with people, but it's hard. And yeah. so as since you're the college pastor, I'm going to ask you how, what are the practical things for like students and, and those who are pursuing Jesus, but like they're okay with being comfortable and like they want to do the big things. They want to have big faith and they want to go share Jesus. But like, it's so much easier to be here versus making the friends and joining small groups. Like, what is it? How do we do that? How do you go out and just be bold? Yeah. Really putting me on the spot. Yeah, here. I am. Yeah. But you know, I think, I think at first it starts with looking in the mirror, mm -hmm. like, are, it's easy. 
you talk about doing the easy thing. What's easy is for us to say we want to do big things. Yeah. What's easy is for us to say we want to do hard things. What's hard is for us to actually go do them. Yeah. Right. And so when we look in the mirror and then we're like, oh yeah, I want God to use me. I want to have community. I want to be authentic. I want to grow. I want to go do these big Mm -hmm. things. It's like, then go do them. Think about Peter walking on water, right? Mm -hmm. So he's in the boat and they see this figure. Like, have you ever thought about it? I, like actually being there for a moment. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I would be stepping out of the boat. I'd I think I would like, be hey, peeing my hey, pants. Buddy, you want to yeah, exactly. hold hands and do this together? Yeah, yeah, yeah really. <laughs> I, no, well, Peter opens his big mouth. He's like, hey, hey, Jesus, if that's really you, go ahead and call me to come out. <laughs> yeah. Right? So if I was pulling a prank on my friend and they were like, hey, Chris, if that's actually you, well, of course I would be like, well, yeah, it's me. Even, <laughs> if, if, even if it wasn't who they said, I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, I'm going to say I'm who. But Jesus is like, okay, Peter, come on. Like, yeah. put your money where your mouth is. And here's what I think is super cool. Like, there were, uh, it doesn't say this in the text, but if you imagine being there, yeah. absolutely, there were people there saying, don't, don't do, do it. it. Like, <laughs> you're dumb. Right. Are you, right. you, what are you thinking, right? And if you look around and see what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. like, if he had done what everyone else was doing, he wouldn't have done great, th- great things. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Jesus didn't walk over to the boat and grab Peter by the collar or hold his hand as Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter had to take a step towards what Jesus had called him to do. And so I think that sometimes we just have to find courage and, and, and recognize that it's okay to not have everything figured out. It's okay even to be a little scared. That's where faith comes in, Mm -hmm. but it does require a step on our part. Yeah. We can't just wait for God to make everything just magically line yeah. up and everything's going to be perfect. And then we're going to go do great things. Well, then it's not really that great. It's just average. Yeah. It's just normal because it's just the way that life played itself out. And so I think it starts with us one being honest. Do we really want to do great things? Right. Do we really want to be, be obedient to what God's called us to? And then two, like do it, like, yeah. take a step, step out of the boat. That's good. I think I like the next step thing, but I, I also think in our minds, especially when we're younger in our faith, like it's so, we think the next step has to be this big step. Yes. And sometimes it's the smallest thing Absolutely. of like maybe just talking to one person or like bringing one person in. And um, so I think that's important to remember is that that's it's huge. not the biggest yeah. step you have to take in your faith. It can be a small step. It's just whatever the next step right. is. Right. Right. It's, it's not how am I going to get to the destination? It's like, how am I going to put one foot in front of the other? Yeah. How am I going to take the, the right. literally the very next conversation? or the very next step. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. Awesome. What would you say are some things that you've done in your walk? You lead so many students now and, and even more than that, you influence other people. But what are some things that you do in your own walk and journey that um, you kind of apply to your everyday life that are helping you to, like you said, you wanted to find more opportunities to grow and learn. So what are some things that you have been doing to help in that process? Yeah, I read a lot. I read a lot. Um, yeah. I, I want to I lean on the experiences of other people yeah. and the the journey that they've taken and what they've learned and how they've grown. I'm all about learning from someone else's mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to have to make all those mistakes myself. So yeah, I really love to read. I, yeah. I constantly have a book in my hands and that's one of the reasons I think it's so easy for us to talk to each other because yeah. you're a big reader as I well. Am. And I'm constantly texting you and I'm like, hey, what, what's the new book? What, have, <laughs> what, what did you just today? finish? Yeah, what are we reading? And so I love to read. I yeah. read a lot. And then I also, I like to be around people that are ahead of me Yeah. Uh, in any, any capacity. It's not like like, oh, I want to be around people that have ministries 10 yeah. times the size of mine. Or, oh, I want to be around someone that's a millionaire. And they're like, no, I want to be around like emotionally mm-hmm. mature people that are ahead of me. I want to be around empathetic people that are ahead of me. I want to be around people that do community better than I do. Yeah, I want to be good. around people that are 
dads better than mm -hmm. I am or have been dads longer than I have that have yeah. walked the path that I'm now walking. And so I'm constantly evaluating who has a voice, who has a seat at the table and, and like, are they adding or are they just subtracting? Yeah. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself. And I don't, this isn't like community per se. This is more like mentors and people that I look up to, but having those conversations and going to lunches and reading books and mm -hmm. whatever it is of, of those people that have walked this path before me. And then recently, probably for about the last year, I have started to journal more and yeah. that's not ever been something that I've done uh, which is weird I was a journalism major yeah, so I, I love writing never understood that but I <laughs> yeah uh, there's a lot of things that are weird about me but <laughs> I just have never really taken the time to journal and put my thoughts on paper mm -hmm. or like my struggle or my doubts and so that has been really cool I think that's yeah. that has been something that maybe has had the greatest impact on my growth over the last year has been my willingness to put some put some words to some of the things that I'm feeling. Yeah. And um and I think that by me journaling and writing some of those things down, it's helped me have more meaningful conversations mm -hmm. with my wife. Like yeah. there have been times where until I actually took the time to put words to it. I didn't even know how to have a conversation with Leisha, but then mm. I would like, I would journal about it. And then it was like, okay, I can do this. I can have this conversation. I can let her in and share with her like where I'm at or what I'm struggling with or, or even what I'm excited about. And so I would say journaling has also been something that's been, been really yeah. huge and transformational. And I've heard people for years, for years tell me you need to be journaling. You need to be mm -hmm. writing this down. Um, because it's so cool to be able to go back and look and see what God has done and how you've grown and how what you used to struggle with yeah. or what you used to get caught up with is different than where you are now. And, and that gives you some confidence and some motivation. Um, and I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm not going to keep a diary. Like, <laughs> I'm not a middle school girl, That's right? That's instantly what you think yeah. of. Um, but it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And so, I, man, I, that's one of the things that I recommend to students, to mm -hmm. guys that I'm discipling is like, man, whether that's just journaling time you're spending with the Lord and like yeah. what you're learning, or it is like this kind of thought provoking deep dive into what, where you're at today or whatever, like just putting some of that stuff down on paper. Mm -hmm. I think it's huge. And I think it helps us begin to see some patterns in ourselves. man, I've been, I've been whining about this a lot lately. Like, whoa, maybe I yeah. should address this. Or I, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, a couple months ago and they, it was a, a company and they had this rule and I thought it was, this was ingenious. And they were like, if you are having conflict with somebody and you take it home mm -hmm. and talk to your spouse more than twice, you have to go talk to that person. Wow. So it was this, like, when you start to see this pattern yeah. of, man, Emmy, you and I are having conflict and I'm constantly going home and complaining about Delisha, like the, the rule is you have to go talk to that person, which obviously is very biblical. Like yeah, if you have sure. an issue with someone, go talk yeah. to them. But I just thought that was really cool because there was like this intentional, like, hey, if you keep bringing it home, you need to go yeah. and deal with it. This isn't that's something good. that's just going to like mm -hmm. pass by. Uh, it's boiling under the surface. So I think that journaling has been that for me of, oh, wow, I've been complaining about this a lot yeah. or, oh, oh, wow, I, I really have grown in this area. Like I've seen change or I've seen maturity or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's been really, really cool, that journey. 
Yeah. I mean, I just love that you're passionate about learning as am I. And cause I fully believe that you can never stop learning. There's always someone to learn from something to read. And, and so that's a really awesome take to have. And you even mentioned kind of discipling a group for a little bit. And so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on like mentoring and how important that is to just have someone in your life that can speak into you. Cause I know you're you're a big proponent for that. And I believe in that fully. So just kind of talk about that for a second. Well, I think that it it doesn't matter what realm of life you're talking about, whether you're talking about faith or you're talking about business or you're talking about family, right? So in in marriage, Leisha and I, we are looking to people that have been married longer than yeah. us. And and we want to come underneath them and say, hey, help us. We want to be better parents. We want to be better husband and wife. And the easiest, the smartest way to do that is to come under the authority, but under the leadership mm-hmm. of someone else who's gone before and done that. And so I think that it doesn't matter what area of life you're talking yeah, about. And, and I think that it definitely helps with faith. Paul says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. He tells that to Timothy. It's not a, hey, I've arrived at the destination and now I'm going to sit here and write a book and tell you how to get where I got. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm still on this journey of growing, but I am inviting you to be a part of the process with me. And that is what I think is huge for both the mentor and the mentee or the discipler and the disciple is that there's continued growth happening in both high tide rises raises yeah. all ships right and so when when one person is growing and you're walking arm in arm with someone that person by default should be growing as well yeah and i just think that it's i think it's paramount discipleship mm-hmm. is is not an option right yeah jesus that was his final command he said hey go make disciples um and it's this continuous thing of going and making disciples and then the charge to those disciples is go make disciples so yeah. we're making disciples that are making disciples i don't, I don't have it figured out like I, right. I don't have all the answers i mess up more than i get mm-hmm. it right but this is kind of it goes back to the the heart of this even this podcast right of of us sharing our story, us sharing our life, us letting yeah. other people go on this journey with us. And I think that when we choose to open up, either to open up to the point where we're willing to let someone else lead us or opening up to the point where we're willing to bring someone with us, exponential growth happens. Yeah. And so I think that it's so important for our faith. I think that it's so important just for life and for leadership mm-hmm. is for us to be in those types of mentor or discipleship relationships. And and it's just, it's been a game changer in me. And it goes back to people like Justin and Ellen and Brian. It's people seeing something in me that I didn't see. And and so when I begin to put all of this together, like who I am today Mm -hmm. and why I try to lead the way that I try to lead. Michael Jordan said, earn your leadership every day. It's like, it's a choice today of a leadership is something that I have to earn. It may be a title that was placed on me initially, but I have to continue to earn it. I have to continue to hold people's trust. And one way to do that is to invite people to walk with me. And so it's not this like top down, like, oh yeah, I've got, I've got the answers. Here it is. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to mess up. You get to see how I handle it when I mess up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be prideful. You get to see what it looks like for me to come back in humility and apologize. Yeah. I'm going to be a jerk. And if I've let people walk with me, Mm. they get to see what it looks like when I have to go back hat in hand and say, I'm so sorry for the way I handled that situation. And then I think about myself as a dad and even with Landry and we are so much alike and she is so stubborn (laughs) and spunky (laughs) and feisty. Mm. And we get into these like 
battles of will. And there have been times where I have had to go back and say, baby, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. daddy didn't handle that well. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, the, that's a beautiful picture of why discipleship matters and why discipleship works. Because yes, we get to grow and learn, but we also get to see how people handle failure, disappointment, pain, yeah. grief, loss, and and see how God steps into those moments with them. Mm-hmm. And then I think that it helps us so much more. It, you know, we talked earlier about the easy way. That is the easy right. way. It's not yeah. easy, but that is the yeah. easy way because then we get to learn from other people and things that they have seen and done. And, and it just makes life better. Well, Chris, this has been so much fun getting to just talk to you and hear a little bit more about your story and learning things that I didn't know yet. So I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Alicia, for y'all stepping into being 242 and starting this ministry. It's impacted my life and a lot of other lives. And so thank you for sharing your story and we will have more of these to come on the podcast. So we're so excited and thank you for listening. Also, you should check out Chris's new habits. What is your YouTube channel called? It's just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't actually have a you name. You don't have a name? Okay, no, well, he's just has, Chris Shepard. Okay, but what are you, tell, tell me about your habit thing. Yeah, so I decided, uh, yeah, so I started a YouTube channel in January and it has been, it's been fun. It's a lot of work, but it's been fun. And really, the reason for starting that was a lot of, when we started talking about this podcast and people yeah. sharing their story, I started thinking about it and it's like, and sometimes I really struggle with sharing my story and letting people in. And we talked about it earlier the pressure of yeah. being on staff, whatever. And, and so, part of really this YouTube thing was so that I could just really let people see a part of my journey. It's not so much a vlog of following me around every day as much as like what I'm learning or what I'm trying or whatever. And so in January, I'm not much of a resolution guy. Uh, I I think I mentioned it earlier. You're not magically a different person (laughs) on January one, right? You're the exact same person you were on December 31st, but I did want to focus on becoming a better version of me this year. And so I decided to start this thing where each month I am going to tackle two new habits and really try to stick with those at least for the month. And some of them I think will carry over. So in January, it was drinking only water and reading at least 30 minutes every day, mm-hmm. uh, which was super successful. I told you I love to read. Yeah. And so those actually I carried over and in February focused on Um, decluttering. So whether that is like physical things or even just like things on my schedule. And so each day I want to get rid of something. And so maybe that's like cleaning out a junk drawer in the kitchen, or maybe that is like decluttering in the garage, but then also like taking some time, I took some time to think about, okay, like what are things on my schedule or things that I've uh, I, I have obligations or whatever mm-hmm. that maybe I don't have to have. And how yeah. can I declutter my life a little bit? And then the other thing was waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. How's that going? Yeah, painful, painful. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that that is going to be a habit that continues all year <laughs> long. Um, but yeah, so, that, so that's February. And so each month I'm introducing two new habits. And so I'm putting some videos up kind of talking about that. I'm also just talking about some of my favorite things, some of my favorite books that I'm reading or Um, different Bible study methods or things that have been helpful or productive for me. So yeah, go check it out. Yeah, it's really awesome. If you want to hear more from Chris, he has a lot of wisdom and thoughts. You should go check out his YouTube habits series. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Emmy. And like Emmy said, we'll have more of these episodes to come. This was episode two. Make sure you come back for episode three. You can follow or subscribe on Spotify or or, uh, iTunes. However you found us, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Only if it's nice. Like, don't be mean. 
I, don't, I, mean, I don't think people mean. We I might mean, call you out if you were you're mean. Too nice. You're too nice. Just yeah. To, <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. If you're mean, we, we might mention you, you on the next episode. We have to keep you accountable. Call, yeah, yeah. So uh, be nice. But yeah, <laughs> leave us some feedback, and we will catch you next time. Bye.